Well, I can carve you your house. I can carve you your man. But I can give you much more with these wood carving hands. No, you won't be a bother if you want to stay. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I could make it real for you. I'm as real as the wood that I use. I could make your dreams come true. There's nothing more you'd have to do. Runs through the mountains and under the trees. Would Carver do this for me? So that was that was Wood Carver featuring Johnny Cash and Sandy Kelly. Uh, so Sandy, I mean, you've spoken about nerves going on stage and then how you transform when you get on stage. So was that was that the same with Johnny singing with him? Were you very nervous beforehand? And then when you got into singing with him, did it come very naturally to you? That night, you mean? Or or even when you recorded the uh, recorded well, the, the, you the know, song or he was so funny and you know, childlike almost. You know, everything was about practical jokes and being funny. And I remember being on the stage one night with June and and the Carter family or sisters. I was kind of an adopted Carter. Okay. And he was at the side of the stage and he wound up a furry mouse and let it run across the stage across the girl. <laughs> oh, right. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was very intimidated in the beginning, as you would be. And, you know, very nervous because I didn't feel, I didn't feel that I deserved it. And I didn't feel good enough, I suppose. But once I got to know him, he was like very much like a fatherly figure. Mm. And he gave you this sense of you were being looked after. And so did June. They gave you that sense of like cocooning, you know. Um, our friendship, you know, grew to, grew to the point that I never took advantage of the fact that I could pick up a phone and ring him. Mm. But there, there was occasions when I needed to that I, I had a problem of some kind that I needed help with. And he was always there. Okay. You know, so it was, um, so the nerves, they would have been like any kind of nerves that you'd have. You know, if I was singing with you, look, it'd be the same. I hear now. Well, well, you know, <laughs> seriously, it's it just a sense of wanting to do your best, you know, and always feeling you didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, but working with him and recording with him was, it, it, to not laugh was, was a hard thing because he was forever I mean, you know that verse, the talking verse, I can carve you yeah, your house, yes. I can carve you. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. Okay. Yeah. And on the demo, it was sung. Okay. And so I was standing. It's it's not like on the video. That The video you see, that's not the actual vocal recording. Yeah. And he was standing here. And if you can even imagine standing in front of Johnny Cash and singing that song. And then he talks it to you and yeah. he knew it was going to floor me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd done mm-hmm. it just to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, 
the way he was all the time, like a childlike thing. Yeah. One well, one could say you probably you did a similar thing to Georgie Gorman. It was like pass, <laughs> passing it on. Now you know where I learned it from. <laughs> now you know where I learned it. Oh, very good. But I, you know, really, we could. I have so many stories like that that, that I cherish. Yeah, I think we need a part two to this podcast, Sandy. There's, there's, there's so much to your life. I haven't talked about me yet. <laughs> I know. Well, I was, I was going to get to, uh, to, 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 I guess, to your, your own, uh, your own career and and how it, how it took off after that. And um, what I what I, what I remember as a child was your TV show. So you had you had a TV show. But that show. all came after that. Yes, it happened after Johnny you know, Cash. So if you, you think about it, crazy recording, crazy changed my life. And, and it was something you didn't want to record. I, I, I remember Jay Hennessy, who's been my friend and, and you know, he, he's head of the record company and all that. Mm. And but he's a dear friend. And he knows in my day I could be a total brat, you know, and not out of being egotistical. But if I just didn't want to do something, I wouldn't do it. And when he wanted me to record the Patsy Klein songs, I, I wanted to be, remember, Linda Ronstadt. It's not that I didn't admire Patsy Klein, but I wanted to wear tight jeans, you know, look cool mm. and be really super cool, right. you know, and I wasn't going to try and be Patsy Klein. So he said, well, Paradise Tonight didn't sell well. It cost 35000 to record it. It was a huge radio hit. There were songs on it that were massive radio hits, but nobody bought it, you know, because it was crossover country. It was way before it's time before it's time yeah, yeah 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 and so he said the next album he said if you do an album with me um there's going to be some Patsy Klein songs on it and so that's the only reason I done them and when I went into the studio I said I will do them this is how cheeky I was hmm. yeah but I'm going to do them my own way right because I'm you know 30 years later she's doing a Patsy Klein show yeah. I'm not going to be like Patsy Klein yeah I'm going to be like me and so I went in and uh he had the concert, part of the concert orchestra on Crazy, if you listen to it. And um, Frank McNamara produced that. And I went in and my career was at a, such a low at that stage financially. I was doing TV, I was doing everything, but financially I was crippled. Mm. And I remember in jest being in the, in the vocal booth and it came to doing Crazy. And I looked up to the heavens and I said, Patsy, let's face it, you don't need this song where you are. <laughs> Would you please lend it to me Give for it to six me. months? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just borrow it yeah. for six months. And then I laughed at myself for being so ridiculous. But that's how desperate I was. And I walked out of the studio and I said to Shay Hennessy, well, that was so much fun, but it will be the biggest disaster in Irish recording history. That's how much I know about picking songs. Wow. Yeah. And it was the number two biggest selling record in Ireland that year. Yeah. And, and it got you all these other opportunities. It got me uh, my own television show. The idea for the Patsy Klein show, which has put bread and butter on my table for um, 32 years. Yeah. Right. Met Johnny Cash. Did the duet with Willie Nelson because he wrote Crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's quite a chain reaction, like, isn't it? Like, if you think about it, there has to be something in all of that. And I'm not an airy fairy person. Mm -hmm. I'm not. But if you think about it, there has to be a connection of some kind. Like, I had been recording records since 1974. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And 
you know, they were in the charts and they were doing, but never made any difference. But even if there's, even if there's not like, you know, I think everybody has different levels of spirituality and stuff, but even for, I, you know, it's such a whirlwind story. It, all the stuff you've just taught, it's such an unlikely yeah, it's like whirlwind story. Movie, it? And if, if finding some kind of a, a, a spiritual pattern in something like that is what helps somebody to kind of go, yeah, geez, this has happened. And kind of, this is just kind of somehow the way that I can make a bit of sense out of it. Yeah. Then whether there's a spiritual thing at work or not, it doesn't matter because no. it's just, it's a it nice way. It's a me. nice way to be able to just interpret something and, yeah. and make sense. No, exactly. Of it. Yeah. Exactly. We had, we had, um, Leo Moran from the Saw Doctors on here a couple of weeks mm. ago, Sandy, and he, he kept on talking about the luck that, that, that he had throughout his career. And, you know, we made the point, okay, everyone needs a bit of luck. And for Johnny Cash, we listened to the radio that day yeah. was a bit of luck for sure. But the other thing is when you get that luck that you're ready for it and you're ready, you're, you're, you're ready to, to go with what it brings you. And you, you've built, you've, you've learned your craft so well in the years leading up to that, that by the time you get your lucky break, you're ready for it and you can make the most of it. It's so, you know, it's, Amazing you said that because that's exactly it. Like, um, Harold Bradley, whom, if you look up anything new, Luke, especially Harold Bradley is one of the world's most recorded guitar players. Mm-hmm. And him and his brother, Owen Bradley, who produced all the Patsy Klein hit records, they started with Chad Atkins, the, the Studio B and the Quonset Hut in Nashville. Yeah. And they started the Numbers Thing, the, the, the Nashville, Nashville chart notation. Really? Yeah. Chord one, chord yeah. four, chord wow. five. Yeah. And wow. they, they started the Nashville sound. Okay. And, and they, as uh, recording studio musicians, they were called the A-Team. Yeah. They were on, you know, Elvis, Loretta Lynn, Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman, everything. Crazy. Floyd Kramer would have been the mm-hmm. uh, piano player. And so Carol Bradley became my record producer from 19... Um, 86. And he would always say to me, I'd be in, in my, in my kitchen in Carragobita peeling onions or whatever, and <laughs> wait to go to a gig in Bally de Harbour somewhere. <laughs> and he'd say, Sandy, you have to be ready. You have to be ready. And I said, well, what do you mean you have to be ready? Look at when the opportunity comes and it will come, you have got to be ready. And there was days I wonder what the hell am I getting ready for? What? Ready for what? But do you know what? That was the best advice I ever got because the minute I got an opportunity, I, I had nothing, to, I, I won't say nothing to learn because I'm still learning things. But you know what I mean? I had a good sense of my craft. Um, you put in the hours. You'd, you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd done countless gigs. You'd, you'd traveled. You'd, yeah. You were knocking on radio stations, doors in Cavan, you know. You were, I, I pretended I was my own PR person. Yeah. I, I made up a name. <laughs> because I couldn't afford a PR person. Yeah. And I sat at the table in, in Carragut. That's how I got picked for the fanfare. I wrote a letter and put in all the PR stuff, which I got done myself. And I used the name Barbara Kelly and said that I was PR for Sandy Kelly. Did I did and sent it all off. And then I would take the, fa- the phone calls as Barbara. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and did it that way because you can't blow your own trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> so Could you hold, please? And then yeah. you just sit there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Did you do an accent? Did and you change I, up the accent? That's my, that's my other thing, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, Sandy, um, 
I, I want to bring you somewhere else for a few minutes. We, we, we spoke recently on the show we did in the Hawkswell, the Not A Theme Night, and we had a, a quick chat there. And you mentioned about, you know, how, the, how you just love being at home at the moment. It's one of the benefits of, of this whole thing we're going through at the moment mm-hmm. for, for you. Because in these days, you're driving all around the country, you're gigging, you're over and back to America, you're on TV, you know, you're, you're flat out really. Um, and you don't get the chance to be at home much. No. And, uh, you, you know, you, you mentioned about, you know, there's a cost to it and you miss out on family time. And um, it's funny, like I, myself and your son, Willie, we go way back, you know, yeah. uh, we were the same age. And I remember Willie playing drums and me playing guitar and singing a dodgy version of Wonderwall in a, in a, in <laughs> oh, some underage, in some underage pub back in 1995 or 96, you know, and, and that was me and Willie. But, but, you know, and, and the connection goes on because my son and Willie's son are the very, they were born within a month of yeah. each other. And there's all that, all those connections. Which is but wonderful. It's lovely. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, I've, I, I've, I know, I know, you know, I know Willie well and I know you well at this stage, but I'm just interested to, to hear about that whole thing. And, and now looking back, you know, was, was it worth it or could it have been any different or, or what are your reflections on that whole side of things, Sandy? You know, I, I suppose it's hard to be definitive about it, really. Um, I feel guilty saying that I'm just so happy right now when there's so many people suffering. Mm. And obviously my daughter with special needs, Barbara, she's in respite right now. She was at home for the first lockdown, as you know, Kieran, yes. which was very, very difficult. It was 19 weeks and it became uh, mentally and physically challenging for me. And for her, so I'm aware that I can't see her. So that's, that's, that's nothing to be happy about. Sure. And there's a lot of people out there suffering. But if I can just, just park it up a little bit. Other than that, this is probably the happiest time of my life. Can you believe that? Because I don't, like, you know, I wasn't, I'm now living on the, coattails of what was my career and you know I'm no longer current I'm no longer you know um, a sought after you know I'm living now on I remember George Hamilton the fourth telling me one time you know Sandy to become a legend you don't have to achieve it and you just have to live long enough mm. and that's kind of what's happened to me I've just been around long enough mm. that I fall into little boxes of, of work you know and that's enough for me I don't want to be looking for the next hit record mm. or whatever. So to be at home and to have time, to have time to do things. Um, when I moved to Strand Hill, uh, what about I mean, 10 years ago now, but I've only been here full time, say seven years. I got to know all the local musicians. I didn't know any of you, mm. you know, because I didn't have time. Mm. I didn't have time. If I had a night off, the last thing I was going to do was to go to Strand to listen to you, Luke, mm. do you know, yeah. or or go to, to see you anywhere, you know, mm. so. Or if you asked me to do a theme night, I'd be the last thing because I'd want to be at home. Sure. But now I am at home. And in the last seven years, I've had an opportunity to meet all of the local musicians. I have a great appreciation for the talent that's in, that's in Sligo. Um, and it's great to be able to go out and not to have to sing. Yeah. You know, people automatically think if you're a singer or a musician that you want to do it. Mm. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I, because it's it's a working environment isn't it when yeah. you when you go out for your for your 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 pizza and, and a glass of wine in the strand and this grand if there's music playing in the background but you don't want to feel like you're 
at work and to have no. to get up and 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 do the Sandy Kelly show no, for a couple of minutes. You just you want to have your night. I know, but isn't it funny, Luke? Though how people actually think you do want to mm-hmm. do that, and they maybe think you'd be offended if they didn't if they, ask if you. If they didn't ask you. <laughs> and the last thing I want to do is sing unless I have to. You know, it's it's not that when I'm in the moment, I'm enjoying it and everything. But if I didn't have to do it, I don't think it. I think I said that to you before. I think you were kind of surprised maybe at my answer, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I find that interesting, you know, and, and it's, it's no surprise, I guess, Sandy, because you've been... You I'm know. 67 and I started when I was three. Yeah. You know, the sound of my own voice. Yeah. And yeah. you kindly offered to let me listen to something of myself a minute ago and I said, oh, <laughs> no. For the listeners, uh, uh, Karen. Sandy hadn't seen uh, uh, one of her performances for Not A Theme Night and Karen says would you want to have a look at it now? No, Ooh. no I do not. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when somebody asks me you know somebody might message me on Facebook and say uh, could you please tell me I, I answer all my own Facebook stuff I get into trouble a lot of times because I, I don't work it right mm. I once accidentally <laughs> Joined a dating site and really had to come and un, 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 unsign me. <laughs> that wasn't the bad news. The bad news is that we're all your age. <laughs> but, um, you know, when people ask you, um, what, would you mind, could you tell me what album I can get reasons on? Yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah. So I'd have to ring Shay Hennessy in Dublin and ask him, could he look and see, because you wouldn't find an album of mine in my house. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't find an album of yours in your house? No. No. <laughs> no. no. Any albums I ever had, I gave them to somebody who came in. Or, you know. No way. Maybe try no. And there's not one picture on the wall in my house. I have loads of pictures, but there's not one on the wall of music or anybody musical or anything like that. There isn't a picture of the roof when your man fainted with Johnny Cash there. <laughs> I wish. That'd be a good one, Tom. It's a picture all the way down. <laughs> Do you imagine if you had mobile phones then? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, the bodyguards wouldn't have been lifting him up in the car. The but first, he, the first thing they'd be doing is, Mick, look at this, get your phone." They'd be yeah. taking a video <laughs> off. Of him. He could have sued them, couldn't he? Yeah. yeah. But but he, your man takes uh, Neely takes great exception to that story being told. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, as as far as we're aware, Neely doesn't listen to this podcast. But no, we, no, we, we, we're not sure. But Johnny Cash was over in Macri. You know that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Neely was there for. He didn't faint that day. He got okay. some pictures. Got himself okay. together. Okay. <laughs> Going back to Frank, Sandy, your your grandson. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I wrote a song, um, I guess based on, on 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 my fella Tom, who was probably two at the time, and uh, I thought it might be a song that might connect yeah. somehow with you because you you had a, a a grandson of a similar age, and you kindly agreed to sing it, and we we recorded it with Luke, and we 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 put it out, and it, w- it was great, and. I um, loved that song. I love that song. I still love it. Frank loves it. Uh, what? I was going to yeah, ask, does loves, Frank, because he's in the great. video and it's, it's a lovely little memento. Yeah, I, I often if feel anybody comes into the house, um, he's six now, he'll be seven in August. Yeah. And if anybody comes into the house, his house, he puts it on. Okay. And he said, that's my granny, you know. And now he's at an age where, um, I don't know how he, he figured it out, because like I say, there was a time in, in my life where I couldn't go to the shop, you know, yeah. when I had my TV show and stuff, people would know you and whatever and, it's not that that would bother me, but, you know, it, it, sometimes it could be a, a problem. Sure. But now, like, I can go basically where I like, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. people m- might recognise you, yeah. maybe an, a woman in a Zimmer frame coming up the island <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but um, Frank has picked up and he, he teases me about Sandy Kelly 
Okay. Oh, Sandy Kelly. Right. Sandy Kelly's going to sing a song, Sandy Kelly. <laughs> and so I said to him the other day, name one of my songs. Ordinary Boy. That's the only one you knew. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So well, look, Sandy, I know you're not a big fan of listening to your own songs. But no. We are going to have to put on another one right now, well, I'm afraid. But, well, I want to thank you for doing that one because, you know, isn't it nice to have that piece of film? Like, you know, I won't always be here, but Frank will always have that. And it came out beautifully because... Mm. It yeah. was just so natural. And yeah. what, what's the gentleman's name? Chris, Chris Manuel yeah, did a great job fantastic. in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, funny. My young fella said to me, I told him we were coming to to, to interview yeah. Sandy Kelly tonight. No, she sang my song. And he, he was uh, very proud because he's here. Um, you wrote a song for Nixie, his sister, but there's no words in that one. <laughs> and, and I got, I got words. words in my one. <laughs> so he's delighted. So, uh, so look, let's have a listen to Ordinary Boy. We better not tell Frank it was written for somebody else. No, <laughs> Shh, don't let Frank listen. <laughs> Just an ordinary. Plays with ordinary toys Loves the open grass He could run forever Just an ordinary boy Can shout you down a plate But he makes me laugh Loves to do whatever I do Gets angry frequently But it's okay We make up so easily And he cries to me When he cuts his knee, same as any ordinary boy. Smile from my extra 
So that was Ordinary Boy, written for Tom and Frank mm-hmm. and uh, featuring Sandy on the vocals, Jerry Grennan on guitar, Neve Crowley on the violin, Eddie Lee on the bass and Steve Coleman on the drums. And it was recorded by Luke. Luke. Uh, so Sandy, I remember something about that song because uh, like there's some lines in it that, that I love listening back to. Them. And then there's other lines I listen back to and I go, you could have done better there. Or you should have just... Everybody does you that. You should have just they? reworked that line a little bit. Everybody or, would do that. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sure there's that element to it. But I remember I remember talking to you about it just in the, in the midst of the recording process. And I'm saying, I'm not sure about this line or, or, or what do you think? You said, Kieran, you give me the song and I'll sing it. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it ever anything you've done to, to, to write lyrics or to write <gasps> music along the way? And the worst... Person, I mean, imagine now I'm writing a book about my life, Go on. but that's just like talking, you know. Okay. Um. So I, I, there again, it's not something I wanted to do, you know, because everybody <laughs> writes a book, you know, and usually there's a lot of bullshit in a book, and so William put a lot of pressure on me to write a book, and um, about three years ago, and I said, look, Willie, I'll write the book, but it's going to be very honest. It's not going to be, you know, there's no guild in the lily because our business is wonderful in some ways. And in other ways, like I've ended up in court cases, I almost lost my house, mm. you know, been lots of things in my career that I haven't talked about. Mm. Mm. And he said, well, that's, he said, mom, I want you to, to write it all down, you know. And I said, I might not write everything. Right. <laughs> Some things I wouldn't want you to know about. Yeah. <laughs> I, write, I write what I can. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as I, when it comes to songwriting, useless, absolutely useless. And it's not even something I want to do, to be honest. Is it not? Not really. When I was younger, I, if I'd learned how to, to write properly, you know, if it had been something I was interested in. But, it, but I would advise everybody to do it now, you know, because, you know, to be a singer-songwriter uh, is, would be wonderful, but it's not a talent I have. Okay. But I love when somebody gives me a song. Now, 99.9% of the songs, I wouldn't like them. But when you get a song that you, that I, I actually fall in love with a song. Mm. I, I I just get obsessed with it. There's one uh, that I'm doing now. I think I was telling you, Kieran, that um, Mike Hanrahan from Stockton's Ring wrote uh-huh. um, that he's asked me to do with Lisa Lam. Lovely. And Fantastic the, singer. Mm, oh, amazing. Strange, yeah. So it's just herself, myself, Mike, and the Forget-Me-Nots choir. Okay. Um, it's um, The River Rolls On. And it's a song he wrote about his mum because she's got um, Alzheimer's. It's incredible too. Right. You know, and it's th- those songs you see make me cry. Yeah. And I, I, w- I would go to bed and I'd be learning my song and I'd be bawling and crying, mm. learning the song because it would mean so much to mm. me, you know. Sandy, tell us a bit more about writing the book. Are you, are you, yeah. are you sitting down at your computer and just going through it bit by bit or, or, or how does it work? Pen in hand and, you know. No way. Wow. Pages upon pages upon pages upon pages. And, uh, you know, I'm not an author by any stretch of the imagination. And when I was asked to do the book, my son, when he put a lot of pressure on me, a bit of a guilt trip he put on me about, well, mom, if you don't tell your story, it's not so much about, you know, music and Johnny Cash and whatever. It's about my culture, where I came from, my childhood, you know, the roadshow. There's a huge story about my grandfather and how he met my grandmother and, you know, 
how they started the show and my life growing up on the show. And, you know, there's a huge amount of interest there. Yeah, I think he's right. I think even that, I think he's so right. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, and it's huge. And when you said it, I was like, I want to hear everything about about what life living in a traveling road show is. I think that's amazing. You, you, You know, whenever I, back at the beginning of the conversation, you were asking me about, you know, any of the negativity that, that I felt or being put down or whatever. And and I do want to stress again, it was, you know, just a small sure. number of people. But you did feel it even as a child. And people would refer to me if they were putting me down or and I would hear kind of, you know, when I was going to school and stuff, to she's the showman's daughter. Hey, to the right. showman's daughter. You'd hear yeah. that. And then I said, that's showman's daughter. Like and instinctive instinctively everybody must do this. I rooted and rooted till I found my birth certificate. And then I looked, it said father's occupation showman. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So that's when, when RT did a, did a documentary prior to, to doing my TV series, they did a one hour documentary. And they said to me, what do you want to record it? What do you want to call it? And I said, I want to call it uh, the showman's daughter mm. because it's something I've been proud of. And so the book will probably be called that. And Willie has written a beautiful I was just, song. I was, That's uh, a great title. Up, I was like, if Sandy doesn't say she's going to call it the showman's daughter, I'm going to say it now in two seconds. <laughs> 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 because it, you know, it's something I'm proud of, you know. Yeah. And, wow. um, You're um, saying Willie, so, Willie has written a song for it, isn't he? Beautiful. Okay. Incredible. We, done it, we already recorded it in Nashville. Lovely. And so anyway, thanks to my son, Willie, um, I started the book and everything was going slow, but good enough. Um, and then sadly, my sister passed away tragically in uh, October 2018. Mm. And for six months, I couldn't do anything. You know, um, just the shock of, of um, suicide is a terrible thing. Um, and so many questions and no answers. Um, and my head was just full with questions um, and still is to a point. And so I just couldn't, oddly enough, the... The, the chapter that I was writing just before Barbara um, passed away was, I have a sister. And I had started the chapter. I was, I was actually working on a cruise ship in the, in the North Sea. And um, I was on the cruise ship for 17 days and I'd started this chapter. Uh, and it was starting with the day, first day I seen her, you know, that she was, when she was born. And she was meant to be born in Sligo. Uh, but unfortunately for her, my mother went into labour in Leitrim. All oh, right, and she was born in, in Leitrim. <laughs> the show was in Leitrim. But no offense to our Leitrim <laughs> listeners; <laughs> they're all gone now. It, it, it used to be a. Sorry, a, they don't a, have the internet in Leitrim anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they won't be listening to us over there. Shots fired. Fun in our house because I used to say to her, "Actually, you're from Leitrim," and she'd say, "Actually, you're from Sligo." You know, kind yeah. of like. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that put it off. So I started writing. I didn't start back writing again until about until lockdown. Okay. So I'm writing away now all the time and it's just, uh, I don't finish chapters because I, I, a lot of it is very emotional. Um, and so if I, if I'm getting too bogged down in it, I put it away and I just start with something new and then I go back to that thing. I, I can't wait to read it. Yeah, it sounds it amazing. Yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, well, maybe when the book comes out, Sandy, we'll, we'll have you back on because there's, there's so much Please. more in, in your life Please. that we haven't heard today, I'm sure. And Thank I'm you. sure a lot of it will be in the book. And as the lads say, it will be a, 
It'll be an amazing read. And well, maybe, I hope so. I, yeah, I hope so. Maybe we'll get you back on then. We'll have a, a, an, another great. chat. Yeah. I'd love that. I'd yeah. love that. Thank you for inviting me down tonight. It's been good fun. Yeah. Thank you for this. It's been a great you. chat. Yes, if yeah. we only had a bar now, it would have been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I've been at, um, you know, those, those like you do show, the shows like this live where it's like, an evening with and such and such and, and, and they tell their life story and stuff. Let I feel me, like, let I me feel introduce like, you to my new manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've, uh, I feel like I've actually been at a little kind of a, some, <laughs> something, uh, some kind of a night of entertainment. That was Luke, just such, such an enjoyable chat. Person. Yeah. Well, that's what you do. You want to, re- you want to uh, release the book, promote the book and then uh, go on a tour of an evening with and just tell the book. Yeah, so Willie, Willie drop this, it for the for the show now if you'd like. Willie has this big plan of all this, you know, yeah. and I think he's terrified that I'll die before he actually makes some money out of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a bit left in the yeah. I get dementia or something, and then he's going to be fecked altogether. Isn't he? <laughs> get the book out quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get 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 her on the tour and get the book. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, look, Sandy, we're gonna we're gonna close the show uh, with a piece we did together recently for the for for the Not a Team Night show. And if I'm not mistaken, you said this was the first time you had sang this song, which which surprised me. Yeah, yeah the what first a, time wonderf- I sang it was for the Brendan Grace concert in, in the Olympia for with the Forget Me Nots. That's right. Because yes. you might remember that project started and then yes. poor Brendan passed away in the middle of it. Yes. And uh, that that was the song that I picked. And, you know, I kind of randomly picked it. The, the, the choir gave me a list of songs. And crazy was on it. Okay. And I'm so sick of singing crazy that I, I picked something that I've never sang before. And then the second time I got to sing it was with you. Okay. Okay. So well, it, it was, like it was, second time it, I sang it suits it. you down to the ground. Does I mean, it's definitely, yeah. one, I love the songs. I think it's yeah, definitely so. one you should add to the, add yeah. to the repertoire. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we do get back out and about on the road. Yeah. Please God. I, ho- I hope we do because the theme nights were great fun, weren't they? Oh yeah. Any any kind of a nice doing anything anywhere yes, at this stage I know. is, is I might even fun. want to get up now in a pub when I'm out for a night just to say <laughs> yeah. you never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> putting, keeping me back, keep me back at the seat. Yeah. The next time the next time I see you in front of me when oh, I'm trying to get in the bar, I what I'll do is I'll just give it I'll just give you and if I I'll, I'll read your face and I'll know. I'll <laughs> do, know. do you know what I always uh, loved um the nights in the strand with um Backwater Jack. Yes. Because oh, yeah. I know all those songs. Yeah, they were great fun. I so wanted to not get up on the stage, but do you know do you know what I would my all time what I would love to do? Yeah. Is to sit in one of those wee cubicles and somebody just give me a radio mic. Just sing along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just I can harmonize to all of them. Yeah, yeah. And I know all the backwater jack harmonies. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and I I just want to sing there and just sing them. <laughs> you know, if I could get a gig doing well, that. That'll one. be that'll be now. Next year, Sandy, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, get you yeah. gig doing that. No problem. Sure, the just girls sit, sit in the stool and just sing harp. The girls will be delighted to have you. <laughs> uh, but I'd have to be in the corner just enjoying it, like getting yeah. drunk with a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy, your class crack. Uh, the harmonies just get progressively more slurred as the night. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was doing a, a Patsy Klein show in in England one night, and uh, the in the first Patsy Klein musical. There was 28 costume changes. Yeah. There was 25 people in the cast and there was 28 costume changes. So there was a quick change area at the side of the stage and I had a dresser. And George Hamilton IV was the narrator and gentleman of ambassador of country music from Nashville. Perfect person. And I used to have an all-in-one black underwear, mm. you know, like, like a swimsuit mm. for the quick changes. So in this place, it, was, it wasn't a theatre, it was a big auditorium. And I went off to to do the quick change and George was going on to do his link and the end of his guitar, the thing of his guitar 
got caught in the curtain mm. and he slowly uh, <laughs> brought the curtain out <laughs> and the audience, I didn't notice because I was in a hurry. I was in my black swimsuit with a bottle of sherry. I used to take swigs of sherry every time yeah. I left the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, classic. Well, on that note, Sandy, <laughs> we could go on all night, but we better go home. Those, um, are, those are the clean stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, thanks so much for coming oh, on. Not thanks at all. So I enjoyed much. it. Thank you. And we're going to finish with this number, uh, What a Wonderful World. Thank you. I see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue For me and for you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue The dark, blessed days And the bright, sacred nights And I think to myself What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow they're so pretty in the sky And also on the faces Of the people passing by I see friends shaking hands Saying, how do you do? Oh, they're simply saying I love you I hear babies them grow they'll know much more than I'll ever know and I think to myself what a wonderful Of the rainbow they're so pretty in the sky and also on the faces of the people passing by I see friends shaking hands saying how do you do they're simply saying Babies cry. 
watch them grow They'll know much more than I'll ever know And I think to myself What a wonderful world oh, I think to myself What a wonderful world. So that was Sandy Kelly, folks, and I hope you all enjoyed the chat with Sandy as much as we did. It was a real pleasure to be in her company uh, and hear those stories. Lads, what stood out for you in that chat? Rory? Jesus, uh, just the grandeur of the stories. Ev- everything from... The grandeur. There's the words. <laughs> but, yeah. but isn't it though? Like, I mean, even from, you know, what what she kind of, I think, described as humble beginnings, although the, all the same to people who didn't grow up in a touring uh, <clears throat> show. It's not humble. It's this kind of like adventurous childhood. Um, and then... To, to go to America and, and play with some of the biggest names in the world, not just at that time, but they were so big that they've maintained their um, they've maintained their fame till now. I just think every story she told, I was just glued to. But I have mm. to say, I, I loved the story about the guy with the camera falling, <laughs> falling backwards. Um, I just thought that was great. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about yourself, Luke? I just, the whole thing, to be honest, like... No more than I think, I remember when we did Neve Crowley's episode, there was a lot of that that I already knew or you kind of assume or you you kind of get through hearsay. But to hear it uh, directly from the source of the well is, it's just different and and really captivating. And um, as I said at the end of the thing, it really was just like kind of like, an evening with whoever and you go in and you sit down and, and, and they're kind of on a little stage and they just chat and, and you're entertained. A really, just a really, really enjoyable chat. Um, particularly jealous that she got to meet uh, Willie Nelson because he's probably up there <laughs> among my my favouritest favourites of all time. No way, Luke. You've never mentioned that on the podcast before, I don't know. Never. Really. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm glad you did it, glad you did it today. Uh, yeah, I love the whole thing of, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a theme over the last few weeks of, of luck. You know, uh, Leo yeah. Moran spoke about it and he spoke about it plenty. And in fairness, he, like we sort of, we took the piss of him a wee bit for, for saying it so often. But it, it is true. You do need that bit of luck um, to, to reach the levels he reached with his band or, or Sandy reached. Um, but, but what goes along with that luck is that you're ready for that luck. Yeah. And so by the time it comes your you know your act is is that polished and your skills are that honed that you're ready for it and and you're ready to go off and Johnny Cash asked you to sing four songs with him that evening and you know if that was five ten years earlier Sandy might not mm. have known those songs or yeah. she might not have had the poise or the mm. confidence in herself to get up and do it but by that point in her career she did um and she was ready for it. And, and it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? Or even the fact that he said, you know, play f- or sing four songs, the four that and she only knew four. I yeah. mean, if she'd have known three, her mind would have been, what three do I choose? You yeah. know, and then yeah. it might have taken her off her game. Or if he had said five, 
she'd have been scrambling to try and get five. So the fact that she only knew four, four of the songs that he wanted her to sing just put her right in the frame where she was like, right, just go out and do my absolute it, it best. It took all it. of the decisions out, yeah. of her, out of her control. I think more than that, though, more what? okay, obviously Johnny Cash, but you're, she was still in Ireland. You know, she was still at home on familiar turf and... It was probably a, a big enough crowd and I, I don't know about Sandy, but I find it much easier to do something in front of a bigger crowd than a more intimate crowd where you can very easily see the people looking at you and stuff. So whatever about the poise to handle that moment, but the poise to handle the moment when you're at Johnny Cash's house surrounded by so many yeah. other famous people yeah. and he says, so you get up on the stage there now and, and yeah. do a bit. Like that's so much more exposed. That's a baptism of fire, is what that is. And <laughs> it's not just punters in front of you; it's it's peers, and you know, extremely esteemed peers. So have the poise to 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 you know to take that moment and grab it and get up and and I presume she just got up and and did Sandy Kelly and and did the chat and the performance and the crack and yeah, and yeah. and sang. She yeah. got up and did a Sandy Kelly. That's correct. As in most professional performance of all time. Yeah. In the in the wings going, I'm so nervous, lads. And then go out and floor everyone. Like We've recently coined the phrase among the three of us doing a Luke Devaney, which is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is work until about seven in the morning. So uh, that's doing a Luke Devaney. And tonight we have doing a Sandy Kelly. Uh, so... <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, look, let's um, let's move on, lads. That was brilliant. But we have some big news on our guest next week. I play banjo, dobro, electric, acoustic guitar and the tambourine. The bass harmonica, the keys and melodica, drums and the mandolin. And I dance and I sing and do many other things, even though I'm just 17. But folks, I beseech you, will anyone teach me? Don't impeach me, I sound so screechy! Folks, I beseech you, will anyone teach me to play the violin? Yes, folks, our guest next week is friend of the show, Mr. Famous Dave S. Flynn, who collaborated with me on the writing and performing of the song you just heard for our interview with Luke earlier in the season. As you can hear, we were lamenting the fact that Luke, despite all the instruments he does play, just couldn't get to grips with the violin. And then we heard this. This was the version of our theme tune that Luke put together for Orla Sweeney's episode, a mere two weeks after the song Dave and I put together went out. Just play it again there, Rory, so people can hear exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, no problem. That, if I'm not mistaken, is the sound of a violin. So, the question is... Is it a sample sound added by Luke on a keyboard? Did Luke ask Neve Crowley to come in and play on the track? Although I'm not sure Neve would put her name to playing of that standard. Or did Luke hear the song a couple of weeks back, think to himself, I'll show those lads, and go off and learn how to play the violin in two short weeks? Let's find out. 
<laughs> You've used my scratchy little uh, my scratchy little tape bit. That's lovely. I stole it. I stole it with glee. Yeah, <laughs> I went and found it, and I stole it with glee. Ah, oh. the answer is that it is me playing a uh, violin. Woo! <laughs> I I wouldn't say that I learned how to play the violin in two weeks. I, I I would say I figured out the very, very, very basics of the violin in two weeks. Um, and the motivation was purely, yeah, I'll show these feckers. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I was triggered. I was triggered by that song. I said, that that can't do. Um, so, yeah, uh, sorry, Dave, but uh, your song is semi-obsolete now. Are you still semi-obsolete? I like that. Are you still practicing? A little bit, yeah. I want to I wanna try and get it to the stage where I, you know, like there was a weekly session I used to go to um, every week before COVID hit. And it was nice because it was separate from gigs and you, you weren't playing for the audience. It was just people in a room playing among themselves and having a pint. And you kind of got to play the music that you wanted to play. Sure. Um, but I'd like to get it to the stage where I could sit into something like that with it and just jam along to people because I like to bring something to those things that's not a guitar because there's always that strikes me as being really confident with it when you can walk into a pub and just jam along with a couple of people and pick notes I out of jam along well <laughs> <laughs> these as are tolerant get removed a, after a nice 10 bunch I need <laughs> Rory what we need to do now uh, we need to write a song about Luke not being able to play the handpan. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh, I had on my, and I took a screenshot on everything of this entity and I forgot, but YouTube uh, showed me ads for handpans the other day. Have, any, have either of you got ads for handpans since that episode? The algorithm knows that oh, I'm man, never going to buy a handpan off me, but it, or off them, but you're definitely thinking about it. So yeah, it yeah. knows to pop them up in front of you. Luke, you got two weeks to learn the handpan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be uh, we, we'll expect it in the team tune of the first show of season two. <laughs> anyway, lads, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. That was great fun. The two episodes of Sandy, the bit of crack. Uh, we're really looking forward to having Dave on next week for the for the last episode of season one point five. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all soon. Good luck. Bye. 